Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. Hey, welcome everyone to the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is a good friend, Russell Wombles. Russell is a certified Master Athletic Administrator, and he's got some great experience he's going to share with us today. Russell, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jake. Well, as you know, uh, the job of an athletic director uh, never stops, so we're going to jump right into things. Russell, uh, share with our guests the uh, Russell Womble story, you know, where you were born, where you went to school, your sports involvement, and, and how that kind of got you started on the path of being a, a coach and an AD. Sure thing. Um, well, I was born in Orlando. I'm one of the, uh, the uh, few original Floridians uh, here, uh, back when Orlando was a certified country place uh, very diverse now but um, grew up most of my life in the suburb of Orlando being a popka uh, played all sports growing up my dad was a huge sports fan and uh, you know he was at every practice and game if he could get out of work to be there and and uh, family was very supportive uh, very poor family uh, but uh, they always figured out a way to make sure I had a glove and, and pleats if uh, meant we had to drink powder milk so uh so i was always very appreciative of that i don't know if my older brothers and sisters were but you know we can't we can't solve everybody's problems but <laughs> anyway we, they, they still joke about you know how much i got compared to them I, I really don't feel like i was uh you know just blessed totally with crazy stuff but anyway um so then played uh, all sports growing up i was a three-sport athlete all the way through 10th grade uh right at the beginning of the 11th grade my 11th grade season about two weeks before uh football started uh, uh i was competing for the starting quarterback position with another young man and uh, i had a you know pretty back in those days pretty serious uh leg injury and so was out six months so obviously that went down the tube i wound up not playing uh, i couldn't play football or basketball that year played got to play baseball and uh, just decided my senior year I was just going to play baseball. I knew that was what I was going to do in college. So uh, wound up going to a small college in Northwest Arkansas at the time. It was called College of the Ozarks, eventually turned into University of the Ozarks, played four years there. was fortunate to, uh, to start for four years, which was uh, made it a, a smart decision to go to a smaller school rather than some bigger schools that I had the opportunity to go and watch people play for two or three years. I really enjoyed that experience tremendously. And plus it was much better for me academically. Uh, fortunately, I went with uh, what is now my wife to the same college. And uh, so I had some uh, tutoring and mentoring, which was uh, definitely useful because, uh, you know, I was uh, uh, 
much more in tune with the sports scene than the uh, than the class scene. And that, that's kind of an understatement. Uh, so having said that, uh, I was fortunate enough, I think uh, I was all conference uh, three years there in college and, and played in a couple of, uh, of the state college all-star games. So I had just a tremendous experience there. Um, when I got through playing, I still had to do my student teaching, so I had a semester to go. And the coach uh, asked me if I would uh, would work as an assistant coach on the staff while I was doing that, and I said absolutely. It was just phenomenal experience, and uh, so I got to coach for a year of college baseball. The next summer, my wife and I were getting married, and uh, being an assistant baseball coach at the NAI school is not going to pay very many bills, as you already know, and uh, so uh, we were looking for uh, looking for me a job and. And I have one requirement, and that was to find the job that paid the most money. And that was pretty much it. I mean, my, uh, you know, my, uh, uh, I was not very diverse in my thinking. Let's put it that way. Give me money. Uh, I'm, you know, we're a new couple, and we've got to make it work. So we pretty much narrowed it down to Central Florida or Northwest Arkansas. We'd already been there five years, so uh, we were, you know, loved the community. And so I took a job at a small school in the Ozark Mountains called St. Paul High School. Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, it, you know, it's just, I can't, I cannot imagine having a better start to a uh, high school career and uh, just worked with some really good people. Uh, superintendent that I worked with there, Bill Schaefer, was just, just phenomenal. And, uh, but one of the things when I was interviewing for the position, I was a baseball guy and they said, uh, they said, well, you know, if you take this position, uh, you got to coach girls basketball. And I wasn't really sure about all that. Uh, and uh, I said, well, I think I'm probably out then. And, and then they told me this was in 1987. They said, well, well you know, the salary is $18,000. And I said, well, I'm back in. So uh, it's just kind of, <laughs> you know, because it was, it was definitely the most money that was being offered at the time. That was a lot of money in 1987. So, Absolutely. But uh, I took the job, and, uh, man, what a great experience. I had to learn how to coach girls, had to learn how to coach basketball. I knew, you know, playing – and coaching is two different things, as you know. And so learning how to coach the game, so fortunate. I had the best kids in the world. Very small rural school. Um, yeah, I'd say chicken farming was probably the biggest industry. Uh, not very diverse. And uh, But, man, uh, just so much support from the community, uh, you know. And uh, so learn, learn, learn that. And, and basketball, you know, inherited a, a team that, that had struggled. And, and uh, you know, we did pretty good pretty quickly. And I think the second year we were there, won 22 games. So the last three years we were there, we were ranked in the top 10 state at different points in time. So uh, I learned how to coach basketball and learned how to coach girls. And that was uh, that was great. So and eventually uh, my wife was wanting to move closer to home. So we kind of compromised because I really enjoyed my time at St. Paul. And, and we moved to the North Georgia Mountains, where I went to a, a much larger school, not much more diverse, but much larger school, Murray County High School. Had a great experience in there, coaching girls basketball and baseball as well. Uh, and then my daughter was born in 1994. My wife said, uh, uh, I think it's time for us to move home and let our children grow up around their, their grandparents. So uh, when I came back here, I took a job at Tavares High School in Lake County as a head baseball coach. Did that for three years. And then uh, became the athletic director for seven years. Uh, back up to St. Paul, the second year I was there as a 23, 24-year-old coach, we only had two coaches on staff that coached everything. And, um, you know, uh, I was able to get the, an additional $2,000 to be the athletic director. So my first athletic director position uh, was at the age of about 23 or 24, whatever the, whatever the deal was. And uh, very, very interesting situation. But having said all that, uh, 
we went to Murray and then we moved back to Florida. I was at Tavares High School. So that's what really began my, uh, the real time as an athletic administrator because I was really only overseeing four or five sports at St. Paul and one coach. And uh, I'm sure he didn't feel like that I oversaw him at all. So, uh, <laughs> but we, uh, again, just worked with tremendous people to various high school. In 2005, the opportunity uh, came for me to, to go back to my alma mater, Apopka High School, as the athletic director. And uh, I did that. Was there for six years, had some great experiences. Uh, you know, we won the state sportsmanship award. Uh, uh, during that time period, along with a lot of other cool things that we accomplished at the school with some tremendous coaches, student athletes, and uh, an awesome community. Um, I eventually went to Dr. Phillips in high school, and uh, excuse me, and uh, I guess about six years later, was there for six years and uh, had a, another, you know, great experience with quality people. Um, and then I, I went back to a punk high school for a two, couple of years thinking I was going to retire there. Uh, and, uh, and then this last year we won the state sportsmanship award again there. But, um, you know, I was given the opportunity, uh, and along with some family situations and so forth, working from home was going to be a, a pretty good situation for me. So uh, I took a position with the Human Kinetics as Associate Director of Coaching Education. Uh, which has been a passion of mine for many years. So uh, I did that this past year, and uh, now I'm getting ready to return back to a school. I'm not sure where that's going to be, but I'm excited about whatever possibility lies ahead. Well, again, you and I have talked a little bit. Uh, our The start of our career is very similar. Small schools, uh, small towns out in the country, and uh, I, I just don't think you know we can emphasize how important those experiences are in helping us learn how to become coaches, how to become ADs. So uh, obviously that's helped you along the way. Um, you, in your journey, you've mentioned it a couple of times, directly and indirectly, the importance of mentors and leaders. Who are some of the really key mentors for you uh, throughout your career? Well, I mean, it starts with, uh, fortunately, you know, you know, I had two parents in my household my whole life, uh, even though, uh, we we were uh, financially, uh, uh, I guess uh, we, we didn't do well. Let's let's just kind of leave it at that. I think that's uh, everybody gets that. But, working class, uh, uh, working class at best. Uh, you know, labor. I mean, you know, not not you know, laborers at very minimal income, raising six children. Um, but anyway, they were fantastic. So you know, it's like I tell people all the time. You know, we're a poor family, but we uh, we we had a uh, it was a it was a great family, you know, and, and there's a difference between the two. So anyway, my parents were just incredible mentors and uh, not just mentors, but, you know, examples of, uh, you know, trying to do things the right way and working hard to to accomplish things. So that was that was a big deal. I had a lot of really good youth coaches, which I, you know, just very fortunate. And, and this Apopka community, I, I still live in Apopka. The Apopka community still is just blessed with with uh, just really high quality youth coaches in all sports. So that was great. But uh, I would say outside of, and then my superintendent that I worked with in St. Paul was a former basketball coach and he became my best friend. And, uh, and uh, I just learned so much from him, you know, about everything, about, you know, the, you know, not just how to coach, but in winning and losing, but, you know, you know, offense and defense, <laughs> you know, the, the tactical parts of it, but also uh, just watching the way that he did things, you know, he was just, you know, he's very morally and ethically 
you know, top notch, but with a great sense of humor, who was, a, you know, just a, a great servant leader. So I learned a lot from him. And, uh, but I would say the adult that had the, the largest impact on me outside of my parents was probably my college baseball coach. Uh, he was just, uh, I mean, you could easily sum it up to say he's a good man, but it, it's much more than that. You know, it wasn't just a good man. He was a good Christian man, a good, uh, a good leader and mentor and all that he did. And it wasn't, wasn't really at all about the game of baseball. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he liked to win like everybody else, but it, it was, you know, we all say that winning is not the most important thing. And we say all those things, but it, it, it he really lived those, those uh, qualities as a coach and as a leader. And, uh, and, and he's just, he just, he just made you, you played with confidence and, uh, you know, I had some good quality high school coaches that, that did some of those same things, but you know, I've also had some coaches over the years that would kind of, uh, you just played so tight, uptight, you were played, you were afraid you're going to be replaced or, you know, be criticized or mocked or something like that. And it's hard to play like that. I mean, you know, I've always believed, uh, well, that's not true. I, until I met my college baseball coach, I didn't believe this way. But after spending four years playing with him and coaching with him, and he gave me so many responsibilities as coach, mind blowing. Now, coach first base, I gave the, I mean, I called the offensive plays. I mean, I mean, he, he was like, he had so much confidence. And I remember when I was a freshman, uh, just being in the batting cage, and he was working on something, and it, you know, I wasn't doing a very good job, and he was standing behind the cage, and I just turned around and looked at him. I finally got frustrated. He wasn't saying anything to me. And I turned around and looked at him. I said, Coach, what am I doing wrong? You know, like with a frustrated voice. And he looked at me. He says, uh, you you think too much, man. He said, you're a great player. You're a great hitter. See the ball, hit it. And I thought, and and I know that's a simple statement, but for four years, every time I was standing in the batter's box and I looked down at the third base coach to get a sign, you just always felt like this guy thinks I'm a really good player. This guy has a tremendous amount of confidence in me. And, you know, you know, hitting a baseball coming in at 95 mile per hour or, you know, curveballs breaking, you know, 45 degrees or whatever is hard enough. Uh, when you don't have confidence, it's much easier when you do. So I was, uh, you know, very appreciative of that. One other thing I would say is the diversity of those uh, – programs being at St. Paul as a coach and working my way to a popkin Dr. Phillips, you know, it's just crazy. You know, when I was at St. Paul, we, you know, we drove the bus, we cleaned the toilets, you know, we refinished our own gym floors. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, uh, we had a restraining line in our gym because uh, it wasn't big enough to, uh, and, and uh, you just, you just develop so much appreciation for what you get later on when you get the opportunity to experience those things. No, absolutely. That you just can't beat that small school experience as a as a training ground. Because you're right, you are you're literally doing everything. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, FI AAA You talk about mentors. Um, you know, I was uh, a coach and an AD uh, coming to Florida in 2000, but got involved with FI AAA. I would say later in my career, and, and you were certainly you know one of the people there that helped get me involved. What's your story with FIAAA and NIAAA? Well, you know, as soon as uh, I became the AD at Tiberius High School, I'm not sure what the year was. I should know that. But uh, somewhere around uh, 97, maybe, um, you know, I started looking for ways to, to, to be better, you know. And, uh, and I heard about the FIAAA, so I started, you know, getting involved. And I, I had a lot of conversations on the phone with uh, Trish Highland, who became my county AD in, in Orange County, and 
Dave Horner, who was at Forest High School, Jerry Board at University, you know, just people I'd, I'd never met. Uh, but I was just learning so much from them. They told me about the FIAAA conference, so I went to the first one. I'm, I'm going to guess probably in 98, you know, 99, somewhere, probably some. No, it has to be about 98. But anyway, so um, – and then I went to my first NIAAA conference in New Orleans. Ironically, it was the year of Katrina. So it was a few months, maybe six months before Katrina. I don't remember, you know, what month Katrina was in. But uh, so in December, I went to the NIAAA conference in New Orleans. And uh, and I was like, wow, you know, I mean, you know, we all go to them now. And you don't think much about it. But, I mean, it was just overwhelming, you know. Everything was going on so much knowledge to, to gain and so forth. And, uh, it was really sad a few minutes later when you're, you know, watching, you know, national news and, you know, seeing all the things in that same convention center and hotel that was going on, which is really sad. But that was when I first got involved there. Uh, when Trish Highland, uh, became the president elect to FI AAA, uh, she asked me to become the district director. Um, and that was 18 years ago, probably. And uh, which I was very honored because I was in Lake County. I wasn't even one of her ADs. So uh, and uh, so I was a district director, you know, for quite a while. So I've been a FI AAA board member for 18 years. Uh, throughout those 18 years, you know, I've served in the president path role of, you know, president-elect, president, past president. I've been the historian. I've been the chaplain on two different occasions. Uh, so I've been involved on the executive board of those 18 years. I would say probably about, I haven't looked at 12 to 13, 12 or 13 of those years, maybe even more than that. So uh, just been, it's just been awesome, you know, and I've served on obviously so many committees, chaired a lot of committees. And now my biggest focus with the FI AAA is, uh, you know, as a corporate sponsor, you know, liaison to make sure we, you know, we have enough money we need to do, we need to, to, to run things and also uh, to decrease, you know, cost, our members you know to be involved in the organization and so forth so those have all been rewarding um also you know my favorite time on this board is when i was uh the president uh and we were switching to uh fhsa ad advisory we were kind of taking that over and uh because of the the time lapse in the uh, elections i was able to appoint like 10 people to our board I would normally say that's not healthy for one person to be able to do that. But uh, the biggest thing that was important to me at that time was to see our board diversify. Um, you know, it, it generally, a lot of people looked in the same, looked the same, you know, in the room, not, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases. And it gave me the opportunity to reach out to people throughout the state and say, okay, well, let's, let's, you know, let's get people of different race and different, you know, gender and different, you know, let's get some private school, you know what I mean? And things like that. If I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, let's, let's see if we can make this board look different and be more representative. And uh, so that was probably the thing I'm most proud of is having the opportunity to do that. I thought we did a, a decent job of that, but I've also served on the FHSA board for the, for the two years and FACA board for, I think four. And um, so I've, I've, been involved with a lot. No, I'm sorry. And I triple A, I guess I'm also on the uh, national faculty with that. And, uh, with 503, uh, serve on the, uh, NA or excuse me, NIAN, uh, committee, national initiative assistant Net network committee. And, uh, and have represented Florida, you know, with section three and, and as a state delegate several times. So just really, you know, honored to have been, uh, had the opportunity to do these things with such high quality people. 
Well, again, I, uh, I've told the story many times. You know, I took my first course uh, from Dan Como and then, uh, you know, took that next course uh, with you and you were just so encouraging to me as a, just a, a new attendee. And uh, I was fortunate enough you did appoint me to the board position and it's just been a great, great experience. I can't thank you enough for uh, helping me to, uh, to grow as an athletic director, both at the state level and, and on uh, the NIAAA uh, level as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the job of an athletic administrator. You've been small school, you've been big school, you've been doing this for a number of years. How has the job of the school-based athletic administrator changed uh, since you first got involved? And maybe we can fast forward a little bit to when you got involved as an AD in Florida. You know, how's the job changed? Well, uh, it's just tremendous. I mean, obviously, over the years, uh, the responsibilities and liabilities have just grown and grown, and that continues to happen every year. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that's not uh, that's not as exciting is I think you have to spend more time on compliance. Uh, you know, and, and and it's obviously a necessary thing, and I'm very you know proud of you know you know working with programs that are known for doing things the right way and you know in compliance and such but but you you wind up spending so much time you know with compliance and um uh tasks you know that you you don't seem to have quite as much time to spend with the people you know when i say the people i'm saying the students athletes and the coaches so that's a negative but uh you know it has to be done i mean the job has to be done uh and you just have to put the time in to try to balance both uh, that's a big thing. Uh, but really, I mean, you know, I, I, I know you're talking about Florida, but I can go back to my days at St. Paul where I was talking about, you know, driving the bus and I, you did everything. That's what you did. Right. And, you you know, I taught math. I taught PE and, you know, whatever, you know, you did what you had to do. And then, uh, you know, I hired my own officials, you know, I kept the check in my back pocket for them. And, uh, and then in that way, if they ever, you know, got, got a little rough on me, I just pull the check out and hold it up and say, just remember this is in my back pocket. But, uh, they usually didn't find that near as funny as I did. But uh, anyway, it's just, it's just, you know, and now, you know, we don't do any of that stuff anymore. We, you know, we contract with people to do things like that. Uh, uh, you know, I, I wish, and I don't mean this bad, I wish every coach, I wish there was a way for every coach to enter the, the profession similar to what you and I did. Um, I, I just think it would, I just think it would help every coach be a better coach. I really do because it would just make you appreciate when you get those things, when those things come to you where someone else is, you know, uh, mowing your grass or, or, you know, washing your laundry, whatever the deal may be. It would, I just think it would just mean so much more and, uh, and, and take away some of the, some of the uh, slight entitlement that, that we sometimes see. So, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, and obviously, Electronic technology is just huge. I mean, you know, you used to write everything by hand, everything you did. I mean, eligibility, whatever the deal was, or, or you used a typewriter. My gosh, I don't know what we do with that nowadays. But uh, and now, um, you know, I mean, you're touching buttons. We're sitting here looking at each other live and, and having a exactly the Zoom. Conference yeah, it's technology. just mind. This stuff is mind blowing to me. But uh, you know, it sounds like I'm 112 years old, but I'm but I'm really not. I just uh, started really young. You're not quite as old as me. We'll put it that way. Not uh, quite. You know, there's a, 
Yeah, an old cliche with, with coaching, and certainly I think it applies to ADs, um, you know, parents and fans. You know, they all want our job on Friday nights, you know, walking around, you know, supervising the, the big event. But nobody wants our job uh, during the week, and, and certainly no one wants it during the summer or this time. Uh, what are some of the, your favorite parts of being an athletic administrator? What gets you excited about the job? I mean, just really the opportunity to get out and be around student athletes and coaches, man. I mean, that's 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 my world, you know, and that's what I really appreciate. And, uh, you know, there's nothing, you know, this past year working with human kinetics, I didn't travel much, but I mean, a lot of conversations and emails with coaches and athletic directors and state association people throughout the country. But that's just not the same, man, as get, get going out to the field. You know, I used to, you know, I, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to doing those things. Uh you know, you know, drop by the baseball field and watch batting practice and hang out and hoot, and hoot with the coach and, you know, give them a hard time and, uh, you know, just, just develop those relationships and, 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 and uh, you know, make sure they know that, you know, we're all in this together, brother. I mean, I ain't forgot about you, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I've really, this past year of being away from the school, I think has really made me think that way even more. Uh, I think you unintentionally, after 24 years as an athletic administrator, you kind of start to get a little bit robotic in some ways. You don't intend to. I think it just kind of happens, right? And uh, so the year being away from it has really made me realize what I miss the most. And what I miss the most is is being out there around the, you know, the kids and the coaches because uh, those are my people. Not like, I mean, all of the stakeholders involved in the, in the community, they're my people, but you know what, at heart, I'm a coach, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what we do. And, you know, it just so happens that now I spend more time coaching coaches than coaching kids, but at the end of the day, I'm a coach. So uh, that's, you know, that, that's the best part. Yeah. Absolutely. Virtually every one of our guests have said that it's the kids. That's why we do this. You know, we get paid to, you know, hang out with kids and coaches. What better job than that? Um, you talked uh, today about, diversity and uh you know in your growing up and, and initial jobs maybe a lack of diversity uh certainly the events of this spring and, and this summer uh regarding social issues are are certainly at the forefront what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators at our school regardless of where we uh, are located geographically what can we do better uh to help address these uh, social issues well, you know, it, it, it's ironic because, you know, my first couple of jobs were not necessarily that very, not, not very diverse, but I grew up in a very diverse community. So, I mean, uh, you know, it was, uh, you, you just, you just really didn't even think about, you know, uh, social differences. I mean, you know, my best friends, I mean, look, at the end of the day, when, you know, when, when I was in 10th grade, I think I was the only, you know, uh, uh, white kid on the basketball team. So, I mean, so, so it's like, you just don't even think about it. It never really crosses your mind. And, uh, and, and maybe, I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, I kind of feel like it was good because I really didn't feel like my friends on, you know, no matter if it was, uh, uh, you know, what the race or, you know, whatever their thoughts were about anything. Uh, I don't think anybody just, none of us thought about it. We just played ball, man, and uh, we just wanted to play ball, and we loved each other, and we, and we would do anything we could for each other. And uh, especially, I think you're a former quarterback, too, so it's a, 
very important to love each other <laughs> and care for and care for your brother, especially when your brother is a smaller quarterback. But anyway, that's a whole different story. But uh, but but here's the thing: as time has gone on, and and you see things, and and maybe we just didn't think about it. Maybe it was always there. I, I don't have the answer to any of that. Uh, but what I've learned and uh, throughout my life is we can't we we can't assume we can't take for granted how someone feels we can't make their feelings change even if we aren't 100% on board with whatever it might be you know so learning that people's feelings are real uh, and 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 then you start to see some of these issues and you say oh i get it now i get it you know things like that but uh i'm just so fortunate you know to have played uh with with so many people that we just it just didn't seem like a factor and, and and now i think the biggest thing that we have to do more than anything is just be sensitive to all people um you know i mean listen if someone feels a certain way their feelings are legitimate that's it i mean you you can't determine if their feelings are are legitimate or not you just have to assume their feelings are legitimate and you need to do whatever you need to do to make them feel more comfortable and be uh, an equal part of anything that you're doing in every way uh, shape or form that's great advice well we're uh, nearing the end and we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox I'm going to give you a toolbox and you're going to present this to a brand new athletic administrator, but you only get to put three items in it. What's going to go into the Russ Wombles athletic director toolbox? Well, you know, not, not anything that would, uh, you know, that would make someone jump up and say, wow, that's amazing stuff. Uh, it, it, it would be simple stuff. It would be just an advice. And the number one advice for me would be, I mean, I was telling you the job of the athletic administrator has changed so much over the years and we can't, we can't lose focus on what our main priority is. And so what I try to tell people is, you know, the old adage that uh, people are more important than tasks, you know? And, and, and so that's the first advice I would give the new ADs. Listen, focus on the people. You, you have to do the task, okay? But the tasks are irrelevant if you don't develop relationships, you know, so develop relationships, encourage, mentor, you know, hold people accountable too. I mean, you have to do it all, but people are more important than tasks. And that would be the number one thing I would tell a new AD to always keep in the back of their mind. Um, and then the other two things, a uh, couple things would be um, uh, professional development. This, professional development. You know, with us, it would be LTI, mentoring. You know, we have a mentoring program with the FIAAA. We have all these LTI courses. We have so many great ADs throughout the, uh, uh, across the state and the country that all you got to do is just reach out to, boom, and, and they, will, they will help you with anything. So that would be the second thing, professional development. And the last thing is to uh, keep in mind – I guess I would say bring all stakeholders together to give the student athletes the best opportunities to be successful. And, and I say that by saying every now and then you're going to have a difficult situation with a parent. <laughs> it's just going to happen. I'm sorry. Maybe you got situations or issues with a booster club or whatever the deal is. 
you know, most of these situations, not, not just student athletes and coaches, you know, but maybe it's, you know, administration, maybe it's the community, whatever the deal is, you're going to have some mostly good, but you're going to have some negative experiences and you have to keep in mind that you need everybody. Everybody needs to be on board. If we're going to, if we're going to achieve our goal of giving our student athletes the best opportunities uh, to succeed in life. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I tell coaches all the time, you know, that kid may be 6'3", 280, and, and, you know, 17-year-old Division One prospect, but that's still that mama's baby, you know, and you need to keep that into perspective because, you know, I'm a parent, you're, you're a parent, and you have to, as a coach, be able to put yourself in that shoe of the parent and understand, and, and, and you, your communication with the parent with with everyone involved has to has to take place with the perspective with their perspective in your mind not just your own so that's a lot i know hey no that's all great stuff i as you and i could probably appreciate it. if we would have had that toolbox starting out it would have made things you know a little bit easier well i mean i think a lot of us as coaches especially good coaches not only say good coaches um there's a lot of coaches, they, they, they just really, you know, look, it's my way or the highway. We don't live in that world anymore, and we probably should have never been in that world. But, you know, and, and it's not your way or the highway because, you know what, it's not – you don't own the program. You, you, you are a shepherd of the program for a period of time. You know, that's it. That's it. You don't own it, and uh, the community owns it. So let, let's, let's bring everybody together so that we can all uh, provide the best experiences possible. The great ones, they eventually figure that out. Exactly. Well, Russell, thank you so much for joining us today. Great stuff. Um, you know, we, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, Jake. Really enjoyed it, buddy. Well, uh, for all our listeners, thank you for listening. Um, please uh, like us, uh, share us, follow us, do all those uh, great things to help spread the word about the educational podcast and the FIAAA Insider. Thanks for listening today, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Educational AD Podcast. I want to remind you that the Zoom recording of this interview is also available on YouTube on the Educational AD channel. Thanks again for listening.